0: Welcome back to the emergency goalies. And, well, you know, the other episode we were talking about, we didn't think the Blackhawks would lose all the rest of their games. That seemed unlikely with Kane and Dobrynka. Well, maybe we spoke too soon. because They're making a run at it, aren't they? Yeah. It was another week with three games and three losses. The uh, losing streak's up to six. and. Yeah, it was not, let's put it this way, not pretty watching them playing. The effort was not there. So uh, I guess I'll just ask you, Michael, what do we make of this? Just what all I can say is lack of effort.
1: Yeah. Um, And I hate to say it, but I do believe that the losing streak is up to eight games, not six.
0: I guess six games without a point yeah, that
1: could be that could be hot. Yeah. there were a couple of overtime losses in there. that is true. but uh yeah, this is uh, a very disheartening stretch of games for the Blackhawks. Um, you know, they it, there was only three games this week, but they were all at home. and you know at least the first one was up against a bad team, uh, the Seattle Kraken. and, the Blackhawks got shut out, um, you know, and the Kraken are a team that has had goalie difficulties all season. And there just really wasn't much push in that game from the Blackhawks. Um, they you know, they, they got a couple of surges. I, you know, I want to say I was like in the second period, they did okay, but um, just really didn't uh, challenge the Kraken very much. And it, it, you know, uh, unfortunately wasted one of Kevin Lankinen's better efforts of late. And then uh, the Dallas game came along and Lankanen was t- pretty bad, but his uh, team didn't do him any favors in that game. Um, you know, the Blackhawks at least scored some goals, but uh, the, the defense was, was pretty porous and um, just, you know, the, the Stars and then, you know, the Kings came into town. Both of those teams are fighting for playoffs positions, so they had a lot to, you know, they had a lot on the line. So I, I don't begrudge the Blackhawks too much in those games. Um, it's going to be tough going up against the teams that are highly motivated to play. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the the cracking game was definitely the the disappointing one. You know, they were they were in the middle of a losing streak, um, and you know, I mean, we've seen. Derek King's tried to get a little bit more um, animated um, in post-game press conferences. Uh, you know, call he's called his, Yeah, he's called out the player, you know, some of the players as being passengers. He's scratched guys, he's you know, taken some steps to try and resolve some of this, but it's just mm-hmm. it's a pretty lackadaisical effort from the team. Um, most nights, and I thought especially last night against the Kings. I, I was, that was just really a, a poor effort all around.
0: I mean, you know, it's like obviously the Kings and Stars, they have a lot to play for. They're going for playoffs, but right. so they're going to bring an effort, and the Blackhawks obviously are not as good as those teams, but you'd like to see a little bit like you're getting outshot. What was it? 13-1 to 1 or something? By the end of the first period, it's like late in the first period. And you're like, could you do a little something? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I want to
1: say halfway through the game, the Blackhawks had like seven or eight shots. It was just, it, it was very, very disappointing.
0: Yeah, it's like the the Kings are going to the playoffs, but it's not like they're the Lightning or something. You can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There, you, you should definitely put up more of an effort, or you know, more of a um, more of a push against a team like that. You know, at home. But yeah, it was that that was definitely the disheartening one.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the question you ask is how much of it is effort and how much of it's just are they just very bad? I mean, it's both. It's both.
1: Um, I mean, you know, they didn't end up trading away that much at the, the trade deadline outside of Flurry. Um, and, you know, I mean, Flurry definitely played well for this team. But he also had some games where he struggled. And, you know, I mean, I know the Blackhawks goalie situation is very porous right now, but they're just not getting any puck possession. They're not getting any push. And we've seen stretches of this season where the Blackhawks have at least, you know, hung with decent teams and, you know, even won some games against decent teams. I mean, they were playing 500 hockey for um, like the first two or three months under King. Yeah, And the, the team is not that much different right now. And so it, so it, it really is mostly an effort issue at this point, I think.
0: Well, you got the veteran people like a Kane or Taves and stuff that are used to being, although they haven't been as good lately, obviously, but they're used to winning. And yeah. they just have such an open, like, to be done so early. You do wonder if they're they're just kind of, you know, checking out yeah
1: um it, it's you know, I wish I had an answer. Uh, I, I would like to think that the team um, will respond um, maybe in this next game they got one more home game here against a bad San Jose team
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, who did make some trades and um, you know they're they're out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, you know, you go on the road against a pretty decent Nashville team, then you got Calgary coming in. So, I mean, it's not
0: not getting easier,
1: not getting easier. I mean, there's, there are still a few games mixed in with, you know, the Arizonas and the Philadelphias and the Buffaloes of the world. So I still don't think the Blackhawks are going to lose the rest of the games of the season, no, so. but it would be nice to see the Blackhawks at least beat one of the non-bottom feeder teams, you know. That 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 would be um that would be nice to see. <laughs> well
0: but, just, you know, you were saying, I mean, King is doing pretty much he's pulling out every trick in the book, but I mean it's just yeah. you can't it's kind of hard to you can't change like the situation that they're in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No I real. mean, you know, I mean he's he's scratched young players, he's scratched veterans, he's he's called them out in the in in the press, he's you know done all the things that coaches typically do in these situations to try and light a fire under um, yeah. not just the team but specific players as well, and we just we haven't seen much of a response from the team. So, yeah, yeah I think- just uh, like I said, I, I I think this next game against San Jose will be a pretty good gauge for how the, like the finals, what is it, like eight or nine games are yeah. gonna go. Because if you if they can't get up for this game against another bad team, mm-hmm. you know, at home, their last home game of this homestand where they've just played really poorly, um then yeah, there, there would definitely be the possibility that this team is just completely quit on the season. Mm-hmm. So
0: and I mean I you and I pretty much get already said like this you know, whatever happened that we didn't think Derek King would be the the coach next year.
1: No, but, but pretty much. Yeah, if if they completely collapse down the stretch here and the team quits, um, I think that would uh, certainly put a nail in Derek King's coffin.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to be. I thought they'd send, him, like you said, try to bring him back for AHL. I never thought, but.
1: Yeah, but, you know, even then, you know, that that's always a tough situation anyway. So I just, yeah, I, at this point, um, you know, it's it's hard to envision anything along those lines. But, you know, they're, you yeah, know, they're a bad team. We know they're
0: bad team. So yeah, I mean, is, I guess sometimes a team just, the bottom falls out and it just goes. Yeah.
1: You know, you know and I mean we saw the bottom fall out at the beginning of the year and you know to also have it, have it happen at the end of the year um you know that would be fairly disheartening but at the same time I, this is the direction the team is going. Uh, we better get used to some bad hockey because they're going to be awful next year um I don't I don't think there's any I, I think this team is definitely leaving open the possibility if they don't Win the lottery this year, that they're going to completely tank next year, and that
0: you know, I don't want to insult Reese Johnson, but they signed him to a two-year deal, you know, two-year NHL one-way deal, and if he's going to be playing every game, it's going to be bad.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Um, they are definitely playing uh, some non-NHL caliber players right now um you know they're they're playing Vlasic who you know may eventually become an NHL player and Reese Johnson might eventually become
0: a a
1: somewhat decent fourth liner but neither of those guys should be playing right now Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I I have no problem with Derek King scratching like Dominic Kubelik either because he's been a problem for a while but yeah this is uh it's just, it's really hard to find anything positive right now. I mean, you know, we're even getting to see Reichel come up, but, you know, I mean, this is a 19 year old kid being put in a really tough situation. Yes. And he's not scoring. And, uh, you know, at the very least, I'm, it, you know, indicates like to, to indicate all those fans that. who wanted him up yeah. two months ago that, uh, yeah, this yeah, he's not ready. He's still got to gain, you know, another 10 pounds of muscle. And yeah, it's just, he's, I wouldn't even mind if they keep him in the AHL most of next year, too, to be honest with you. Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> um, you'd like to see him get that first goal, but yeah, it right. does not look like he's ready to. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really tough situation. This is going to be a really thin roster again next year. And, you know, you just, uh, so much of the Blackhawks hopes, honestly, lie in, um, you know, winning the lottery in one of the next two years yes. and hopefully getting a, a top line player. And, um, you know, it, it it's not completely hopeless, of a rebuild. I mean, I know their farm system is really weak right now, mm-hmm. but you know they do have some first round draft picks coming up. Um, you know, not just the ones, you know, the high picks that they're going to have from playing poorly, but um, uh, you know the Tampa Bay picks. And if they do decide to do the tear down, you're going to get a first round pick for Patrick Kane. Yeah. You're going to get likely multiple first round picks for Alex Brinket. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you you could see, you know, a half a dozen first round picks for the Blackhawks in the next three years, yeah. or more even.
0: Now and, they have to execute on those and right pick people, but that's yeah,
1: you got to pick the right people, and you know, some of those guys will take one year to make the NHL. Some of those guys might take three years to make the NHL, and some of them might never make it. But if you get if you hit on them, and 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 you know, and they also have a solid. Um, stable of like second and third round picks, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can hit on a Alex Debrinka or a Brandon Sod type, you know, that can help turn things around a little quicker, too. But yeah, the next
0: two years at least
1: are going to be ugly.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny that they made this big, I don't know if it was more of a PR push than anything before this year with the trade for Seth Jones and stuff where it was. We're gonna go for, it. and it's like, looking back on it now, you're like, wow, I can't believe anyone like,
1: right. that- well, yeah. and and I think that's what makes this so disheartening. Um, you know that the 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 start that they got off to this year, uh, you know, ruined their season right away. Mm-hmm. But they at least came back and were competitive, and there was at least some fun games mixed in, and. You know, it was like, oh, okay, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not necessarily the worst, the mm-hmm. worst team in the league. But, you know, now they're starting to play as a bottom five team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And given the expectations this year, that's, it's just a tough pill to swallow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you go into next year and you don't have Patrick Kane and, uh, you know, you don't have Jonathan Taves and you don't, you, know, you might not even have Alex Debrinket, um, there's going to be no expectations for them to compete. And so if you have a season like this or worse, I, I don't think it has that much of an impact on, on the fans because, you know, they're expecting that. Um, this year is one of those years where uh, I did expect them to be a fringe
0: playoff contender.
1: I mean, I it is expect... Well
0: good, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you I, were just trying to put on a positive spin. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, you know, they, they had kind of hung around the year before Mm -hmm. Um, you know they didn't really get eliminated until about this time in the season last year
0: yeah a lot longer
1: and you know when you go come off of a season like that they did have some young talent you know you had Hagel coming through and the Brinkett was great and Kane was still playing pretty well Mm -hmm. you know they added a few veterans and you know I I, we talked about it where it's like uh, I was worried about the direction because you know Obviously, some of it was short term, and yeah, you know, at know, best, you yeah. probably get into you know you get one of the wild card spots,
0: hmm.
1: and you know, how does that really help you long term? It doesn't.
0: Well, um, it, was, too, it was like they announced they were rebuilding, and then like did a three sixty thing or one eighty, and like now we're yeah. not. And it's like right. that's what, you're always like you pick a lane. So, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one thing to to, to take a flyer on Marc Andre Fleury. Um, where you got him for free and you know if he was gonna play well, uh, you know they could flip him for yeah. you know at the trade deadline which it's you good. know that that was a, that was a great acquisition for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Fleury played great the fans loved him. they traded him for a potentially a first round pick. Um, mm-hmm. you know but the Seth Jones deal yeah, you know like, like we talked been. about, it's like you locked yourself into a contract where, you basically had to compete within the next five years with, you know, when he's still going to be in his prime. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any way, you know, even if, even if the season had gone the way that they expected this year, I still didn't see any way that they were yeah. going to be a competitor, you know, an actual Stanley cup.
0: Exactly. agree
1: With
0: the rest of the plan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, I mean, that was my concern from day one with that Seth Jones deal. I just, that was like, you know, you already had a thin system. You thinned it out even more to get one player who likely wasn't going to make that big of an impact and you locked yourself into a five-year window and it it's already shut, essentially, <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's not like Seth Jones has played poorly, but he's, you know... That's it's going to be one of those contracts where
0: the contract basically he's
1: basically, is- he's basically yeah. worth what they're paying him this year before the extension even yes. kicks off. Um, once the extension kicks in, he's going to be overpaid, and you know then on top of that, you, you know you had the the acquisition cost as well. I just, uh, I, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it drives me nuts. But yeah,
0: yeah. And It's nothing yeah. like, no insult against Seth Jones. It was just- no,
1: no. I mean, it's not his fault, um, you know. And he's, uh, yeah, you know, he I, is yeah. a he is a pretty good player, and he seems like a good guy. And
0: uh, yeah, because I hate that when um, these guys get all the the grief that they get right. for doing the right thing for themselves. I mean, exactly, exactly the right move. For yeah, him. Well, I don't, I, like, you don't have to hate him. The you know guys. i
1: i do wonder um you know as far as kyle davidson goes he's not the one who traded for him he's not the one that gave him that extension that extension does come with a no movement clause
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but that doesn't kick in right away no um uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember when exactly it's his, like two or three years i don't remember n- uh, well no i i think the i think the no movement clauses is, is begins in year one but I can't remember when the actual league year starts. When when that
0: when no, that agree,
1: when the when the no movement clause will actually kick in, there may be an opportunity to trade him before that
0: kicks in.
1: Uh, yeah, that extension actually kicks in. So, um, I'm you know I'm not 100 sure on that, but I I would assume that that is something that Kyle Davidson would. Um, yes try for consider um if that is an, an actual possibility
0: i mean honestly if the blackhawks are as bad as um mm. they might be the next couple of years seth jones might waive it himself
1: that it you means. know that's also true you know and um it uh you know they they also have the bargaining chip of hey you know we might be able to convince whatever team you um um, is interested in you to also take your brother as well. You know yeah. that might be something that uh, would motivate them to potentially um,
0: leave yeah, town. Right. But a move like that to really work um, would have to be a scenario where the Blackhawks are playing very badly, but Seth Jones plays very well. So other right. teams want him.
1: Right. Well, and that's what kind of why I'm under the impression it you might as well just try and pull the Band-Aid, Band-Aid off right away. You know, if you're trading Kane and you're trading debrinkit you go to okay. Seth Jones and you just say, do you actually want to be here, mm-hmm. you know, through this? And if not, let's try and work something out now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like top five in the league among defensemen and assists. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he hasn't been scoring goals, but.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, um, his numbers actually are not bad. They're saying like the um, inside numbers of him.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, offensively, he's been pretty good. Um, you know, he's
0: still. I wouldn't uh, call him a shutdown defenseman. No, he
1: is not in any in any regard. There, right? he's he's definitely an offensive defenseman first, and uh, you know his his zone defense is not um, particularly strong, but he's not a complete liability either. And for you know some other team that. Is still looking at like a five-year window maybe they see it as an opportunity to get you know a top you know a number two defenseman or a number three defenseman a right-handed defenseman um for a relatively small acquisition cost i mean i can't imagine the blackhawks would get a lot back um and they'd probably have to take a bad contract Mm -hmm. or two back um in order to, you know, to cuz you'd be dealing with contenders for, you know, that would be interested in a guy like Seth Jones. So,
0: yes.
1: it's uh it's an interesting situation. Um, you know, the one team that popped in my mind as I thought about it was Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Chris Letang as a pending free agent. I mean, he's like 35. Mm-hmm. He's still playing well, but um, you know, do they want to sign a 35-year-old Chris Letang to a, you know, a decent length of a contract yeah probably not maybe they'd want to roll the dice more on a guy like seth jones to kind of fill that hole while they still got crosby and you know that sort of thing and so that you know that was one team that popped into my
0: mind but you know i'll think it or yeah i would think like also some big market teams that would want to maybe make a splash like a philadelphia or the rangers or someone like that right it would be because i mean Honestly, the Blackhawks did they trade for Seth Jones to like for the the splash from the media headlines? I wonder, I
1: don't know. I don't, I don't know. I I honestly, Bowman had such an issue of falling in love with a player Mm -hmm. and trying to acquire them for multiple years, and then once they finally did become available he had the tendency to overpay overpay, you know, he, he, he was paying the cost of what it should have been when he first wanted to do it, you know, mm-hmm. the two years prior. Yes. Um, you know, we saw it with Seth Jones, we saw it with Dale Weiss. We saw it with, um, oh, there were a couple of other guys too. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it it, it was a problem yeah. over and over again throughout his tenure.
0: Yeah, overpay, yes.
1: And, you know, to, to have this parting gift from him, is uh, um, certainly an unfortunate situation going into a long rebuild.
0: Yes, it was like a like a desperate like you know job saving yeah. move, and it was like like did no one else like was there no one else around saying maybe we shouldn't do this? I mean, uh, yeah,
1: it, it's pretty clear he had pretty you know especially after McDonald was gone, it, it seemed like Bowman had pretty much free reign. Yes, so. Well, but we'll see what Davidson can pull off. I mean, yeah. you know, he he did well with the Brandon Hagel deal. I thought um, he did well with the Mark Andre Fleury deal. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed he wasn't able to move either Dahan or Kubalik, but I also understand that given their yeah. play and their contracts, it's uh, not that's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, at best, you were probably looking at a third or a fourth, fourth round pick. Uh, you know, that's probably not going to do do anything for you anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm expecting bold moves from him um this offseason. They they can't just let this thing continue to die on the vine. You've got to get something for yes, um some of the assets that you still have and just bite the bullet.
0: Yep. So um that before we go, we should talk a little bit about Pat Foley who's going to yes. announce his final game and he announced um the game the other day with dale talon yes if you're our age you remember that duo pretty well yeah
1: um I, you know it, it wasn't a particularly well called game <laughs> dale talon was uh rightfully pretty rusty i can't actually remember the last time he would have called the game it was probably 20 years ago
0: yeah it would have been like 2004 three something
1: like that yeah i think that sounds right um but yeah so It was a, you know, it was a nostalgia thing, and you know that was fine. Um, I think that was a a pretty good way to kind of send Foley out. Um, I mean, I guess he does have, but I think Thursday's game is his last game. Yes, this last game of the homestand here, Um, and that makes sense. He, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to go back out on the road. And um, I do know that Blackhawks have a couple of home games left, but uh, I think it's like
0: would would that have been the game? The they originally scheduled to end the year before everything
1: yeah. went? Oh, you know what? It might've been. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how the schedule got reshuffled um, with, with, uh, you know, how that all played out. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't honestly know. So yeah, that might, that might've played into it as well, but um yeah. I mean, after this, you know, they, they kind of do home and away, then road trip, then they got a couple at home, but you know, it's, it just is better. what it is. Um, I don't know if uh, Vosters is like, yeah, I don't think he's taking over full time yet. I don't think that starts till next year. So I, I think you're still going to have the mix and match the rest of the mm-hmm. year. Because I think that was planned out, you know, earlier in the year of what the, you know, the roster was going to be the scheduling. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's kind of um, <laughs> an interesting situation in that you have people calling games that, uh didn't get the job thing but um yeah uh i'll i'll definitely tune in um to thursday night's game to to hear foley one more time and um I, I, i've still really not heard Vosters much. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm kind of curious if he actually is going to be calling any games before the end of the year because I, I I think I only really caught one early season game, and it was not well called. Um, But it was like it was like his second game or something. So I was just like, "Ah, I
0: don't, I'm not. the other guys kind of, to be honest with you, they kind of um, blend together. I don't.
1: Yeah, you know, most of the time I don't even, you know, I don't even notice. Um, I also listen to away game broadcasts Mm -hmm. um, on a semi regular basis, and then I also don't. Uh, and then I also mute um, (laughs) the broadcast quite often as well. So um, I'm really not the guy to say, you know, whether they made the right choice or not, Um, you know, of the, of the ones that I noticed I had, I thought Ross was pretty good, but Mm -hmm. like I said, I just, I I really didn't have any exposure to Boster. So
0: one thing you could always say about um, Pat Foley you notice when he's announcing you
1: notice it yeah and you know he he had the distinctive voice he had the energy you want he you know he he was he was great he was great at it um you know did it's the last couple game. of years was was he meandering a little bit more good. at times sure but the guy still had his fastball mm-hmm. he can I mean, when he was interested in what was going on um yes. he called a great game
0: yeah and it was you know it's one of those ways like it sounds mean but it's not he had the perfect voice to like make fun of but in a good way
1: exactly yeah yeah you know it's a a distinctive voice it's the type of voice that you know would have been fun for impressions and that sort of thing but yeah not it's uh definitely the end of an era for i guess the second time since you know he had gotten the fire
0: i don't know if a lot of the people listening um if they were fans before, yeah, the day that we got fired and had to dispute with management, and
1: there, I, I mean, that really contributed to the dark years as well of the Blackhawks organization. You know, not only were they putting out a bad product, but you also had, you know, you had lost the voice of the team as well.
0: Games weren't on the home games weren't right, yeah. It was,
1: yep. So, you know, I mean, back in the day, um, Foley used to do the dual Mm -hmm. tv radio broadcast and so you know not only were you know you losing him on a television broadcast but you know for those home games that weren't broadcast the the radio was the only way to to follow it and so you 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 really got gutted in that you know the the voice of the team Mm
0: -hmm.
1: both ways was gone and that was that was really
0: tough to take at the time but yeah no but now, I mean, and like always the last couple of years, you know, he hasn't been quite as on, but he still has his moments, but yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think it's the right time for him to leave. Um, you know, uh, like I said, you know, he, he's still, he's still great when he's locked in, but, you know, especially as the team has done poorly the last few years, I think, you know, he's probably rightfully been a little bored, by. But- What's going on out there and i'd rather him walk away now than um you know kind of get into a situation where he just doesn't have the energy for it and doesn't have the focus for it or whatever you know if he's if he has one foot out the door it doesn't do anybody any good
0: yeah i mean you love like a carry carry but like those last
1: few years were
0: rough Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah Exactly. So yeah, you don't want to get into a situation like that. And um yeah, you know, you get a young broadcaster to kind of come up with the new team. And so I think I think it's a a good a good timing for that. Um and you know, I know they've also mentioned that they're gonna leave the door open for Pat Foley to come and call a game anytime he wants, essentially. So, you know, if he's in town or whatever. Hey, you know, maybe if he's golfing in Arizona or something, maybe they can have him show up for <laughs> and call a game when they play Arizona or something like that. I, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, um, you know, maybe it's just a special one or two time per year thing. Um, you know, so that would be cool, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, it'll all be part of the rebuild. Um, yep. you know, just like, uh, with, uh, the players that we're going to be seeing the next couple of years, you hope some of them turn out to be the right players, but you know, that seems going to kind of probably be with the uh, broadcast booth. If fosters doesn't work out, they could always move on to some of too.
0: Yep. So. And I, I guess we don't really have much else. No, there's not much
1: else going on. Um, I, I can't think of anything off the ice really other than the Foley things. So
0: Yep, and we got two more weeks of games, so two more episodes, and then we'll take our little break for the end of the year and yep. before the draft. So, yeah, I think,
1: I think now, that does it.
0: Yep, um, Michael, you're on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. I'm STH85. You can subscribe to our podcast on the Apple podcast app. And, okay, if you want, you can leave a review or something. Let us know that you're listening and yeah, we'll be back for another week of the Blackhawks kind of pulling out the, the end of the year, pulling out the string and we'll be here.